Welcome back to The Raiders Way, the Raiders short-form podcast series designed to give aspiring rugby league players at all levels the opportunity to learn more about the pathway from junior rugby league player to elite level player with the Green Machine. In this series, we're talking to a wide variety of people from within the club, various levels to give everyone the opportunity to learn more about the pathways and what they need to give themselves the best opportunity to one day wear that green jersey and fulfil their dreams. Joining us each episode is Dean Souter, the club's pathways and performance manager. Hello again, Dean. Benny, good to be here. Good to be back again for another episode. Uh, And our special guest this week, episode five, is called The NRLW is Coming to Town. And our special guest is Darren Borswick, who's been appointed the club's inaugural NRLW Coach, hello Bortho. Hello Benny, hello Suits. G'day Bortho. Good to have you here mate and uh, you know, it's exciting. This is, a, this is a first, it's the first time we've had a women's team at the top level here in Canberra and I'm sure it's exciting for you too, it's your first head coaching gig uh, in this position as well and um, no doubt um, it's starting to feel a little bit more real now that we're getting closer hopefully to being able to finalise some squads and a draw for the first season. Yeah, definitely, Benny. I mean, it's um, it's been really exciting, and uh, having known what this club's about, and uh, you know, having an association with the club before within the men's space, it's um, yeah, there's been a lot of excitement, especially within around the the club here, but not only the club out in the community as well. There's you know been lots of questions being asked, and just like you said, I suppose it's you know we want the players to get here now, and it's you know we want it to all happen now. It's we're ready to go. Talk of us about your. Um your personal pathway to where you are now. Um, give us a bit of a background in your rugby league journey and, and how you arrived here at the Raiders. Yeah, well, for me, it, it, I started as a uh, uh, SNC, a performance coach, so working with Mounties. Um, well, I started with um, you know, junior club, Pen- Penrith Juniors, um, and then I went to the Mounties system, who were affiliated with the Raiders back then through New South Wales Cup. Um, so I was, I was doing performance for, I think that was about six years, and then... Um, I got asked a question about, you know, we had a women's side and would I be interested in coaching the women's team? And I guess from there it's um, it's happened quite quickly for me. I, I spent two or three years, I think it was three years with our Harvey Norman side up at Mounties and then, um, you know, secured a, a gig with um, an NRLW team um, over the last couple of years and, you know, then the opportunity come up to, to come down to the Raiders. What was it about NRLW that drew you towards it? Um, obviously you were, you, your S&C background would have been mainly around high-level male athletes, but the NRLW obviously is a female competition. What what sort of drew you towards that side of it? Yeah, I've just, you know, the girls are so easy to work with. They're, they're like sponges. They want more. They want to get better. Um, so for me, I, I, like if I just take it back to, to the question you just asked me, so I, I was doing performance with the men on a Monday. I was coaching our women's team on a Tuesday, so I was sort of bouncing in between. Mm-hmm. Um as, I, as I've said to a few people, if I had a really bad day with the boys, the girls picked me up the next day, vice versa. Um, but, yeah, what I found with the girls is they just they want to learn. They're like sponges. They want to get better. Yeah, they're really good to work with. The NRLW is probably, and, and women's rugby league in general, is probably the most fastest expanding part of the game suits. Um, it's um, participation-wise, it's you know on the rise quite significantly. Um, the TV rights now with uh, extra teams coming into the competition and the amount of exposure that they're getting, uh, it's starting to really build a name for itself and and build itself as a a really premium product. Yeah, it is. And what we've been noticing over the last few years, so five years ago or something, you'd watch watch some of the girls going around and and the numbers weren't there and the, the competitions were quite small. 
And then over a really short period of time since the emergence of NRLW, um, the numbers have grown exponentially. I think if you look at Canberra Regional Rugby League registration numbers, there was a massive surge and a lot of that was to do with um, females playing the game. Um, but also the quality of the football has changed dramatically, particularly at the junior rep level over the last few years. Um, every It seems like every single season... Um, they grow another level and another level and another level. So if what, if what you were doing three years ago just wouldn't stack up right now, it's really good. Yeah, because, it, I mean, the Tasha Gale Cup Raiders team's been along around for how many seasons now? Uh, we been went in the inaugural competition, which I think was 2017. Yep. And, so, um, yeah. so you've been able to build a good baseline of, of talent from that competition. And as you said, then there is a, a, a fairly competitive women's open age competition here in Canberra as well. Tell us a bit about what that is. Yeah, yeah. so you've got the Katrina Fanning Shield, which is the um, the open women's competition here, and that's growing as well, and that's getting stronger and stronger. Um, at the moment, the pathway is if you're, if you're part of the um, Tarshgale competition, you'd probably filter back into that. But as um, Bortho was saying before, we've now got an affiliation with Mounties um, with the women's as well, so there's that... Um, there's that cup-level uh, competition before NRLW. So all the feeder systems seem to be in place now. And going back um, a few weeks ago, we had the under-16, 17 Lisa Fiola trials for the Monero in the region. So now we've got sort of complete complete connection from the younger girls right through to the NRLW. I mean, for you, Bortho, how important is it to you to have those established pathways? I mean, we talk about NRL. You can go right back. It suits has got his academy programs, which then feed into the junior reps, which feeds into Jersey Flag, into Cup, into NRL. You've now got Tasha Gale, Lisa Fiola Cup teams. You've got a local competition. You've got the association with the Mounties at Harvey Norman level. How important will that be for you moving forward once you've been able to establish your squad? Well, I think it's massive, Benny, that we've, you know, if we can get, you know, 60 or 70% of our squad homegrown players, I think that's important. Um, that we haven't cheered away from the fact that in our first season we're going to have to recruit highly from outside of the area. But one thing we've we've done is is um, we've gotten out to the regions and we've seen what well I have we've seen what talents out there. So um, I think it's really important to, you know pathways that you know now the girls see a vision and they know what the pathway is to putting on a green jersey. You guys did a bit of a tour around, mm. I think it was, was it earlier this year or late, like, earlier this year, this wasn't year, it? Yeah. Uh, and you guys went out and you, into those little heartlands mm. that we have in Griffith, Walgars, down the south coast. What were you, what was the feedback you were getting down there in those regions about women's rugby league and, and where they think it's heading? Yeah, you know, I think they're really happy to see a presence, a Raiders presence out there, especially within the female space. Um, that's a lot of the feedback that we got, um, you know, I was overwhelmed by, you know, the numbers that we had, especially within the 14 to 16 age group. But even the senior girls um, who obviously don't have the opportunity to get elite training, um, you know, by travelling up to Sydney and playing up in the Harvey's comp or anything like that. So, you know, the feedback was it was it was good to have a presence in those areas and it was well worth getting out there. And I think, you know, I'll give Suits a bit of a wrap here. We also took our Tasha Gale Cup, um, Cup squad out to Wagga to, to run a, a training session out there for them and then the girls backed up and ran some skills with some of the younger girls that come in and I think what those girls got out of that trip, trip Suits, was um, just the um, the sense of what it's like to be an elite athlete, you know, the travel you have to do and backing up, you know, double sessions in a, in a day and stuff like that. So I thought it was good for that. Yeah, and it was tremendous for them to get out to the regions and, and look at the, the higher profile yeah. aspect of what they're doing now from an under-19s perspective, but also 
for the girls who are participating in those regions to visibly see the pathway mm-hmm. right there in front of them. Yeah, I mean, that's a, the big thing that we're talking about, right? We're saying we want, we want young girls to be able to, to see that if, oh, if I play for this team in my local area, that gives me an opportunity to then make a rep team or make a, a pathways program or make something to get me into that Lisa Fiola side or the Tasha Gale Cup side. And then I suppose then it's where you'll come in, Bortho, mm. and then look at that next level of players and, and work out who it is that you want to then bring into your squad. Absolutely, and, and and that's a big focus now on, on what we're doing here. And, you know, we had over 65 um, girls turn out for the Monero trials a few weeks ago, which is really good numbers, and the talent there was phenomenal. So, you know, it's even getting out to those um, days and putting your head in there and having a look at what's coming through. It's exciting. Talk about pathway suits. Um, it's taken the Raiders, like, a number of years and they've tried different structures and different setups and things, but the Pathways program is probably the best it's ever been right now. How important is it to mirror what we've done with that men's and male space and, and bring it over to what the female side can do? Oh, it's, for us, it's, it's really, really important to keep doing it. And to be really honest with you, um, we're only going to be held back by um, the speed of the growth of the game. So the more the game grows, the more we get good numbers at all age groups for the girls the sooner we can put in place equivalent pathways to what the, you see in the male systems. Um, but now that NRLW uh, jewel, if you like, is here, um, it's there for everybody to see. The visibility is going to be fantastic and I think that's going to drive growth uh, significantly over the next few years. We're talking this week with NRLW coach Darren Borthwick. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back with the Raiders way. Our episode five of the NRLW is coming to town. Back to the Raiders way, episode five, the NRLW is coming to town. Our special guest this week is Darren Borthwick, the Raiders NRLW coach, and we've talked about all the pathways and the setup and getting to the NRLW, but let's talk now about the competition itself. It's not too far away. You were appointed as coach late last year. At that stage, we thought we'd be able to start signing players and have a draw before Christmas, but obviously things have dragged on a little bit with the RLPA and CBA negotiations and things like that. So give us an update. Where are we actually at? How are things going? I think recruitment-wise, Penny, we're, we're going okay. Um, we've had a lot of, uh, I guess, girls agree. I guess just with the hold-up, it's probably given us a bit more time to actually focus in on what we really need here. And um, for me, it's about... The coaching's the easy part. For me, it's about getting the right mix of uh, player down here that you know wants to buy into your culture and what you're doing. And then, like, yeah, the co- coaching's the easy part. You know, getting the right player here this is a big one for us. So having that time... I guess, has, you know, allowed us to look at and recruit very well. The one thing that um, a lot of people wouldn't understand between NRL and Mm. NRLW is that it is very different in terms Mm. of uh, the training loads, the amount of time they can spend, most importantly, the amount of money they're going to get paid because there's a a different salary cap. We're talking, you know, in the... 10 million plus for NRL. We're talking under a million dollars for NRLW. So these... um, Players, when they arrive, they're going to have to get other jobs. They're going to have to train outside of work hours and things like that. How do you go about, you know, trying to get things in motion to get people jobs, places to live? We're talking about, you know, 
a high percentage of the first squad is going to have to come from out of town. How's all that playing out in the background? From a community point of view, it's been pretty easy. Um, we've had lots of um, sponsors. We've had you know organisations wanting to employ the girls, which has been great. So for me, that's worked quite well with recruitment, with almost guaranteeing players that when they get here, yeah, sure, there's a footy, but also there's an opportunity to work here. Um, we can only have the girls for three days a week. So, you know, there's a lot of downtime for the girls. So for them to be able to come here and get a job and, and a good job at that is um, – that's been a really good tool for me recruitment-wise. So, um, yeah. We've also got some good connections, haven't we, with mm. uh, University of Canberra yeah. and, and potential scholarships and stuff like that. Yep, yeah. yep. And obviously schools as well. So yep. There's been a lot yep. of um, – there's a lot of um, – Young fellas, you know, in the men's program, they're working at, at schools as LSA, um, learning support yep. assistants. So, mm-hmm. yep. you know, we've got the same interest as well for the girls. They they want some girls to come and do the same thing. So, yeah, it's been it's been overwhelming from the community point of view with, you know, offers for the girls. At the NRL level, um, again, they've tinkered mm. with recruitment over the years and they've tried to identify people that will fit into this landscape. And mm. one thing that Ricky and the, and the recruitment guys have sort of made a big focus is getting people here that want to be here, that want to play for the club, that want to live in the city, that want to be part of the community. Mm-hmm. Similar mindset for you? Absolutely. Yeah, really big on that. Um, and and that's why I come here too because I, I got that feeling when I came back through those doors is that's what this club's about. Um, yeah, sure, it's, it's, you know, really good football club but we want really good people here as well. And that's, you know, like I said before, coaching's the easy part. You get the right people here, um, the ones that drive your culture and, you know, create a good atmosphere in and around, you know, the town and the community and it's, it's, easy, it's easy to coach. Mate, I want to put you on the spot mm. a little bit here. Yep. Um, so I've basically come through, um, I've worked at Canberra most of my football, mm-hmm. most of my football life and stuff. You've been on the other side of the fence, you've been in Sydney clubs and you've yep. come here. What is Canberra culture like compared to, say, a Penrith or a Mounties or somewhere like that? Yeah, I think it's very community-focused. Um, you know, it's about getting out and giving back to the community. But probably the one thing is, as a football club, it's, um, you know, everyone's welcoming. It's not an us-versus-them type of mentality. I, I use the word inclusive a lot um, when I come in here. It's, um, you know, everyone's on the same page. Everyone's saying hello to each other. It's not... Um, it's very inclusive, yeah. Everyone's on the same page, which makes it easy. Um, you know, did I get that at some other places I've been at? Probably not. But, yeah, this club's really, really good at that. We've got a start date for our pre-season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a, a draw out. We've got a playing group. Tell us about what they can expect when they come in here for that first week of pre-season training and what are you looking forward to? Like I just touched on many, that inclusive feel. Like um, I've, I've shown some girls in and around uh, the gym and this – to have the boys come across and introduce himself and, you know, blokes like Jack White and, and you know, Jamal Fogarty coming across to you know, say day and stuff like that, like, that's that's big for me, especially within the female space where, you know, it's not an us versus them mentality. So, um, you know, the boys have been really good in that way, in that regard, so... I mean, it's going to be a real learning curve for the club. I mean, we've, we haven't had a, mm. a top-level women's team before, so there's going to be things that we're going to pick up over the first one, two, three seasons that yep. we can build on. So I suppose the, the message out there is um, f- for the fans and supporters is just to, you know, 
give us a bit of time. We, we, this is something that's going to have to build and something we're going to have to work on. And, you know, if we have success on the field, then fantastic. It's, mm. a, it's a real good thing. But mm. obviously it's going to take a little time to build into what we're trying to achieve. Brand new, yep. And um, culture's a big thing. So getting all that right, um, you know, and I'm pretty pretty confident with the girls that I've spoken to that I'm, I'm getting that right. Um, and then once sort of that's the foundation's laid, then you're right, sort of. This is what we're doing now is not for the present. This is for further on down the track. We'll win some games, sure. Will we win the comp? I'm not sure about that. But we'll give it a good crack. Um, but, yeah, it's about building the foundations for these younger girls that we're seeing in the Lisa Fiola and, um, you know, our Tasha Gale squads to, you know, bring them through. And, and how them. exciting, right? Yeah. How exciting yeah. for them. So, mm. you're, you know, you're a Lisa Fiola trialist now and there's an NRLW team right in your backyard, mm. in your patch. It's, it's brilliant. It's so yep. exciting. Yep. The vision's it's there. Absolutely. So, pre-season training, you said yep. you've only got them for three days a week. What would it, What's an NRLW day look like? I mean, you, you say when you've got them for three days. Do you have them all day? Do you have them for part of the day? What's it, what's it work? How's it work? Well, part of the CBA is that we can only have the girls for a certain uh, amount of time. So, our day might be, you know, five o'clock start. Um, that could range from, you know, pre-screening, physio screening, uh, then into some gym work, um, and then onto the field, obviously, in between, like, a bit of video as well. So, you know, we might – I think it's about a three-hour window that we get them for, three days a week. So our, our pre-season will, will more than look, look like um, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday at this stage. Yeah, that's pretty so, cool. Yeah. yeah what yeah. What about um, in terms of then, like, travel, game day, how does all that sort of work for you guys? Does that fit in and around what you've already, you know, done through the week? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have to factor that in. You know, we, we might have to travel up to Sydney – a day before, we might be an early game, so, you know, it might be a captain's run here, then we get on a bus and travel to Sydney, stay overnight. You know, there's all those different scenarios that will be thrown at us. And it's obviously this is all we're waiting for the draw to come out, you know, um, given the fact that the Cowboys have now got a team in. Uh, you've also got the Titans and the Bronx. So, you know, is it, is it, it could be a chance that we'll be, you know, going up there to play a game, um, as well as the excitement of having some games here at GIO Stadium. Like, how good. Yeah, I mean, that um, you know, first game that we have, um, hopefully, you know, early in the season mm. when, that, when the team gets to run out at home for the first time, um, I, I suppose the big thing will be just making sure that we you know, get as many people there and, and get the community behind the team early and get them to buy in and, and be part of what will be history, really. Mm. And that's, yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, I keep thinking about the opportunity now for a young girl to come and cheer for her own female team, you know, and then stay and cheer on the men as well, like... How, how good is that for the community to, you know, bring in both sides, you know, female and male? Well, it gives us complete equity, doesn't it? Mm. Like, if, whether you're a male or female, you've got somebody that you can cheer on on, on any given game day. It's awesome. Yeah. It's fantastic. And, and, and the excitement, too, of, like, you know, the boys obviously get seen out in the community now. It's going to be the girls as well. So we're going to have both there. I think it's, you know, there's a real good buzz around that at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the big challenge will be, um, you know, establishing the profiles of the players too mm. because uh, a lot of people would know some of the players but, you know, we, we've got a whole new group of people that we can tap into and help spread the word of the Raiders and, mm. and, and what they can do by having them president of the community and from, you know, the limited experience I've had working with the top-level women's players, they, they, they're they all about that sort of stuff. They're, they're really keen to buy in and be a part of it. Absolutely. And, and, and a lot of the girls that are agreeing to come here, they want that. They want that interaction with the community and getting out there and... 
you know, spreading spreading the Raiders, you know, the logo, getting out there and spreading the, the vibe of the, the club we're about. I think being a little bit removed from Sydney, they're going to be embraced by the community a little bit more. Their profile will, will, will raise up a little bit more. It'll be good for them. Mm. Yeah. Well, Darren, thanks very much for joining us. Um, it's been great having you on, and um, you know it's a whole new ball game for the club and for the city as well. And we mm. can't wait to see uh, the NRLW team run out for that first game, particularly at GIO Stadium when they have that first home game. It's going to be massive. So appreciate your time coming to us and uh, joining us for the Raiders way today. And uh, good luck with the upcoming season. Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Suits. Cheers, mate. There he is, Darren Borthwick, the coach of the NRLW Raiders, uh, looking to kick their season off a little bit later in the year. That's all we've got time for for this episode of the Raiders Way. The NRLW is coming to town. We'll catch you next time. Bye. 